Geopolitics and Empire is joined once again by the amazing Tom Luongo of Gold, Goats and Guns. We'll be talking about how the Davos Great Reset is coming along, the plan to disintegrate the U.S., the struggles to birth the new monetary system, Europe, and some geopolitics. I haven't done a public service announcement in a while, so let me just remind y'all to sign up to the free Geopolitics and Empire email list. Check out uh, the growing Telegram channel. Subscribe on Twitter and YouTube but also on Odyssey, BitChute, Brighteon, MeWe, Gab, Minds, and Floats. Uh, today is officially my first day unemployed and without a day job, so I'll be dedicating myself over the next year 100% to the podcast and revamping the website and many other things. So please leave a tip if you can via PayPal, Crypto, or Subscribestar since I'm banned from Patreon. If podcasting doesn't pan out, I will probably sell uh, tacos. So it's <laughs> it's great to talk again, Tom. Uh, I was just listening to a recent interview you gave. Uh, you really nail things. You're one of my go-to geopolitical and financial analysts. Uh, how are things in your neck of the woods? Uh, relatively free. Remember, I live in North Florida, so I've got the Chad, Ron DeSantis, uh, as the governor, and he's just, you know, killing it. And, and uh, you know, I'm like, everybody keeps talking about DeSantis wanting to run for president. And this. I'm like, no, you can't have it. Like, and I'm an anarchist, right? And I'm like, no, you can't have my my governor. Like, I, like the, I've never been happier to have a a governor at this moment, uh, like that at this moment in time, because it's it's just it's life is normal here. I, I, I would, and it, I would, and it always kind of was. I would definitely feel the same way. Uh, I wouldn't want to give that up. So uh, I, I thought we could start, you know, with uh, your last words in that recent interview that you gave uh, over the weekend. I think it was with Crypto Rich uh, on, I think it was the Great Reset. Yeah. You said, quote, uh, I think about it and I can't not lose my mind. This is what animates what we do, end quote. And, you know, I feel exactly the the, the same way. And um, you think this, you know, Davos Great Reset that that you're saying that they have like a space of a year or two and they're they're, they're trying to inflict maximum damage now and that um, you know they're they're that ultimately you you don't think they're going to succeed but they're really going hard pushing the medical passport social credit system globally uh, we have BlackRock buying up everything in an attempt to make us all renters instead of homeowners like literally that was the title on the Bloomberg on Bloomberg op eds that are being published now and so how is Cobra Commander Klaus Schwab doing and you know what lies ahead. Well, what's funny is that, you know, I, I identified these people as the Davos crowd, I think about three years ago, I finally, I think I'm, I know I'm the one that coined that term, because no one else was actually thinking in these terms. Um, and I, you know, it's, what's funny about it is that to remind everybody, it's not a monolithic organization before we get started into like really breaking this down. It is a loose coalition of factions. And those factions are very powerful people. They're very egotistical people. They've had money and power for generations. And some of some of which have only a couple of generations, some of which stem back to the 1300s, right? Well, you know, Europe, old European money and interfacing with new American financial money and, and, all, and all the rest of it. So you have... You have all of that happening. And now what Schwab has done and others have done is to push and create a coalition of people that have pushed along a particular um, policy path to put the European Union at the center of the world and then eventually transfer that power to the IMF and to the UN. Okay. Right now, it's going to be the, the interim stages, the EU and the ECB, the European Central Bank. And then eventually, it's to move everything to the UN and the IMF. That's their goal. They're not going to get there. Because the Chinese and the Russians are saying no, and they've already said no, and, and Iran, for all intents and purposes, has said no, and they've formed an alliance across what Halford McKinder called the heartland to 
stabilize all of Asia and integrate it and bring it out of the 19th century and to kick the Amer- uh, the British and European and by extension American colonialists and and chaos agents out of the out of uh, uh, out of Asia out of Central Asia. So that's why we're leaving Afghanistan. It's why Putin pulled out of the Open Skies Treaty. All of that stuff. So now when you start to really look at the the big picture, right? That coalition was at its strongest during COVID. They pushed everything together because all of their various um, agendas coalesced around undermining Brexit and getting rid of Trump, because those were the two populist waves within the UK and the US, two very important countries to this. They can't pull this off without the UK, US and the UK. They can't do it, right? Even in the West. And then coalesce all that power around that and then throw that at Russia and China. Right and make, create a two and create a, a you know a two player game of go or chess or whatever metaphor you'd like to use. When the truth of the matter is, it's like a five player game of you know of diplomacy or Dune or one of these other classic political board games. By the way, all of which I I, I kick complete ass at. So because I trained myself my entire life to think in these terms because I've been playing these games my entire life. Um, for the for the layman, it's better to look at something like a, a game of poker where they're constantly attacking the guy with the big stack the big stack. And now right now, Klaus Schwab thinks he has the big stack. He's getting whittled away. They took Trump out of the picture, right? Um, and he's getting whittled, but, 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 but Schwab is getting whittled away because what Schwab has now done as told every has pushed now because of the Trump interregnum, because Brexit finally went through and because the resistance to COVID has become, and the, the post COVID vaccine passports and all the rest of it is, is, is is hardening enough and china and russia have refused geopolitically to be sucked into a kinetic war in ukraine further into syria and and you know in uh, on the chinese uh, indian border over the uyghurs yada 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 all of those all of those failed attempts to create kinetic warfare have now forced everybody to kind of look at what's actually happening and what's really happening is the following Schwab and company are communists of the classic, I mean, they are just classic, you know, French postmodern communists. Go read Thomas Piketty's Capital in the 21st Century. That's their Bible. And they believe this. And I'm not, you know, I'm not mincing. I'm not like being over the top here. They're commies. Full stop. The Federal Reserve is not staffed by commies. The U.S. Treasury Department is not staffed by commies. Okay. Maybe Janet Yellen is, right? But certainly Jerome Powell isn't. Christine Lagarde, absolutely. Listen to her speak. Every word that comes out of her mouth might as well be, I'm a commie, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to restrict your choice, and it's going to be good for you. Well, I, the, the, the philosopher queen, sit up here and do and, and manage everything for you all, do all the unenlightened proles that are out there. So once they got rid of Trump and they got Biden installed and Biden started, you know, re- resumed the, the, the Obama vandalism of the United States political, cultural and economic system. Everybody started, took, a, took a step back and goes, what's going on here? This is too far, too fast because it's what's clear. And I've taught and I take a lot of these cues from Martin Armstrong because I would have never thought these ways if Martin hadn't brought these things up, which is to say, look, the goal here is to replace the commercial banks with the central banks. And then replace the central banks with the IMF, right? Which is really a thesis that I kind of intuited about 2007, by the way. 
Um, but I didn't have all the moving parts and all the moving pieces back then. It just kind of, that's like the end. That, that seems like a good end game to me. So do you really think Goldman Sachs wants to be thrown under the bus and handed off as chum to occupy Wall Street or what is today Antifa and BLM, the, the outgrowth of, of Occupy Wall Street? Do you really think that Goldman Sachs wants to go there? Do you really think JP Morgan wants to go there? No, of course not. Do you really think Jay Powell, who's a private equity guy, who does really believe that we should deploy capital with a modicum amount of risk assessment in order to move the world forward? Because that's how the world actually operates. You think he's a commie like Kyle Schwab? No, he's not. And so the various factions that have made up the Davos crowd in the past are splintering. All those agendas are coalesced around Trump. Be careful what you wish for. Now everybody's moving in different directions. And that's where we are today. And that's what I'm seeing every time I see another small fight. For example, I know I'm going on here for long, but I'll just let me give you a per- perfect example. A couple of weeks ago, everybody was reacting to whatever the latest provocation was over some dumb thing somebody said on Twitter. And I saw, an, I saw a, a, a thing on Zero Hedge that Powell and Lagarde got into it on a Zoom call over setting monetary policy about climate change. Now, climate change is the reason that the Davos crowd is, is giving everyone as to why we need global governance, right? So without climate change, you know, they, there's no need for the Great Reset. They're doing all this to, to save the planet. They're not doing it to save the planet. They're doing it to save themselves, right? But that's what they tell us. When Powell turns around to Lagarde publicly in a convocation of central bankers and says, you know, on the eve of the G7 and says, uh, no, Federal Reserve policy is about creating stability and economic growth in the United States. Y'all do what you want. And she lost her mind and got all pissy and, and, and angry and everything else. And I said, that's the most significant headline of the week. And I told my patrons that in a private post. I said, that's the most important thing to come out of all of this other stuff. On the eve of the G7, on the eve of the Biden-Putin summit, on the eve of all of this stuff. So if you take the premise that Goldman Sachs doesn't want to get, you know, doesn't want to get, you know, lynched by a bunch of Antifa guys or, you know, the next generation of Occupy Wall Streeters, and they still have significant control over Treasury, the CFTC, blah, 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 blah. And they still have control over nominally over a lot of the Fed and the FOMC board, which is made up of 12 people. Um, I don't see Schwab having, you know, once you push people to their existential moment, then they fight back. And that's where we are. And I think we're beginning to see that those, those things happen. And that's why the Great Reset is starting to splinter. Okay. Yeah. And it's starting to fail significantly. So but I had to set all that up. Okay. You, you wrote a great piece uh regarding you know what so going further uh, deeper into this you know about about the uh imf and you know a lot of us have been as you said expecting this for for over uh, a decade i think people like uh jim rickards who i've been reading prophesied this uh i remember in 2009 uh when i was in croatia interviewing for uh the teaching job that i got in mexico i had to record a five minute mock lesson and i remember after having read jim rickards i was discussing in my mock lesson that got me hired you know how the dollar would be supplanted by the imf uh, sdr and th- yes. this kind of stuff and uh, i don't have a recording of it that would have been cool to go back and look at it but all, <laughs> all this this stuff is happening now and you know in your article you talk about gold imf sdrs uh, i remember canada has pretty much i think sold off its gold and i, I remember that 
that that idiot Gordon Brown selling off uh, British gold uh, when it was uh, at a low price. And now you're saying French President Macron has suggested to the G7 that they sell off their gold to bail out Africa. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, right, right. You know, the, the real news yeah. is that... It's the, uh -huh. the real news is that they want to use it to liquidate Italy, right? And that's why they put Mario Draghi, the former head of the ECB, in charge in Italy. Right, it's a technocratic government. The Italians haven't, the Italians haven't had a government that they've actually voted for since 2011. Go back. Every one of those governments was not a government um, of a coalition government of, of the majority, other than the 18 months where M5S and and um, and Lego were in charge, and then that was just ripped apart within 18 months. Right? Um, yeah. No. What's what's happening now is is the Chinese and the Russians are accumulating gold. They're also vastly understating their gold reserves, especially China. Uh, Rickards has, for example, been saying for years that he's always thought that Chinese have far more gold than they say they do. And because the numbers, and I've got gold, there's many gold analysts there, like Chris Jansen and others who've been talking about how the numbers just don't add up, right? That there's six to 8,000 tons of gold that have floated through China over the course of the last you know, 10 years that are not accounted for maybe the numbers even higher than that i'm being I'm, maybe i'm even being conservative um also I, I i also want to caution everybody i think jim rickards is part spook and so i like i i i read i listen to jim with a weather with you know with a with, with a skeptical ear as to what he's telling me and what he's not telling me you have to read him the same way you read any other disinformation agent right he's telling you some very good information but at the same time he's also not telling you certain information that just so you know, I mean, the guy's done wargaming with the CIA and, and the Department of Defense. You have to, you have to assume that about him. So, with that caveat said, there's still very, he's still a very valuable guy. Um, and maybe he's been excommunicated, maybe he hasn't, and I don't know. I don't, you know, that's irrelevant. I haven't really followed Jim for years. Um, so, the the gold is a pivotal pivotal asset especially in an age where we can tokenize electricity in different ways, i.e. Bitcoin, right? Crypto, which tokenizes electricity the same way that gold effectively tokenizes, physically tokenizes electricity because it's the, it tokenizes electricity and oil because that's most of the input costs into mining gold out of the ground is diesel fuel and electricity, right? Um, go look at any balance sheet of any, uh, of any gold miner, and you'll see what their you'll see how what their operating costs are all, and you know it's it's, it's all diesel fuel and electricity. It's what it's what they care about. Um, so we live in an age where gold has a little bit of competition in that front, but it's a very pivotal asset because, well, guess what? The central banks own all the gold, right? Or at least they own all the gold that's going to move in the marketplace. Okay, potentially move or be deployed to move in the marketplace. Retail's not going to sell their gold coins. No one's going to sell. The Indians aren't going to sell their jewelry. You know, that gold is not going to move. It all has to be reassayed. It all has to be, it's, it's not. The real gold that can be collateralized and used uh, for price discovery in the futures markets or in the physical markets are, for the most part, 95% of that's controlled by the central banks, period. Okay? So... If they control that price, it's an asset for them to deploy as a weapon against populism, against an, an opportunity, uh, a, a, uh, any opposition to their agenda. The Federal Reserve, as the, world, as the stewards of the world's reserve currency, 
don't want a rise in gold price. On this point, gold analysts like Peter Schiff and others who are domestically focused are correct. On the other hand, people who um, central banks that mark their gold to market and can go bankrupt, like the European Central Bank, don't really mind a rise in gold price if their goal is to do away with all sovereign debt across the Eurozone and consolidate power under the ECB. If the ECB is the only institution, monetary institution in Europe that controls any hard assets, i.e. all of the gold stored wealth of the last thousand years of European history, if they're the only ones who have any control over it, and at this point they have claims against almost all of the gold that's out there through Target 2, the Italian debt, the French debt, Portuguese debt, Spanish debt, all of it, then you roll that all up into the ECB, then the ECB in order to stave off bankruptcy when all of those, those, um, those sovereign bonds are either canceled or, or the market just you know, pukes and says, we don't like them anymore. And they're trading at you know, 30 cents on the dollar. The only way the ECB saves itself is allow the price of gold to go to $10,000 an ounce because that offsets the fall in the price of the bonds. Okay. Whereas the Fed at that point is now looking at an expanded gold price. Now, they're looking at an expanded balance sheet in the real world as well, but that undermines the validity of the dollar as a reserve asset as opposed to gold as a reserve asset. Now, what makes up a higher percentage of the, of the Fed's balance sheet? Gold. It's not held on, you know, it's not, it's not $11 billion anymore as a line item. Now it's a trillion and a half or $2 trillion or $3 trillion. It's a massive revaluation of the Fed's balance sheet relative to gold. So Powell doesn't want that. That fundamental split in the way gold is handled between a, a core economy and a not core economy or an aspirational economy like Europe, that is what's driving the wedge within the Davos group, in my mind. And I think that that's also why I think the, the Basel III rules are being pushed now to try and force some of the leverage out of the gold market. And what we're seeing in the last week or so is with the, with the Fed striking back, this is what's important. On the same day that Biden and Putin meet in Geneva to end the war between the United States and Russia, which has been going on since 2012, which is what happened, the Federal Reserve comes out and surprises the market with taper talk. And the markets collapse. Gold gets hit $150. Crypto collapses. The uh, stocks sell off a few hundred points. But the dollar shoots way up and the do- and the euro drops 3% in two days. And there's a massive technical reversal signals of all of the, the existing trades that existed be- before Wednesday were all reversed on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And these weekly closes this week set up end of the quarter closes, which could be massively technically significant, setting up all the new trends, supporting the thesis that I'm talking about right now, which is that the Fed and the ECB are now at war. And you you were talking about in the article though of the this go, the gold being sold uh, to the G G seven, which would mm-hmm. be purchased by the the IMF, IMF, which would be used, I guess, either to to back SDRs or to expand yes. expand SDRs. And this is kind of going back to their original plan from the 1940s when Bretton Woods was set up and and John Maynard Keynes's Bancor, right? If, mm-hmm. if, if effectually a one world, you know, currency, currency. and you know, and the SDR, I guess 
could be, would be this basket of, of currencies or perhaps eventually this basket of digital central bank uh, digit, uh, currencies. So, you know, what are your thoughts there on, on this plan uh, moving ahead? The, the, the SDR will then wind up being the reserve asset of the existing central banks who then issue digital euros, digital dollars, digital yen, digital francs, digital, you know, nonsense, right? Um, all programmable money that will give you the opportunity, that will give governments the opportunity to say, you, you know, you can't, you know, through the social credit system and just through in general, just understand that the digital dollars are basically EBT cards, right? Um, what we have is food stamp cards or EBT cards here in the United States, which is that you can only buy certain things with EBT. You're not allowed to buy, you know, you're not allowed to buy cars with it. You can buy food with it, but you can only buy certain food with it. You can't buy, you know, so you, know, you can't buy cigarettes with it. So people have to trade in order to have to trade EBT, stand outside of convenience stores and trade EBT purchases for cigarette purchases and there's a lot of that that goes on right so a lot of that fraud is is it's just you know because people are are amazing at their ability to circumvent idiocies in the market that government central planners uh, and hubristic central planners like mario drahi and klaus schwab and, and uh christine lagarde are right and janet yellen i'm not gonna take her off though she's horrible she's probably the worst of the bunch uh the more she talks the more we should listen to what she says and then go and do the opposite thing. Um, so the goal would, of course, be to take the SDR, make it the reserve asset of the central banks who then issue from there. Well, you'll never see SDRs circulate. You'll never have SDRs in your pocket. It's, it's Again, it's like the European Commission is an unelected and appointed body of technocrats. The IMF will be the same thing, like along with the BIS, along with the, the Bank of International Settlements. Those two institutions are there to be the unelected rulers over the banking system and tell everybody how it is that we're all going to transact and what and what are the rules for the flow of capital, as opposed to allowing capital to flow and the rules to set themselves and you know the wonderment that is voluntary exchange, which is a far better system and far fairer system. And would be far better for your home country, Kazakhstan, and um, and you know where you are now. So, I mean, for all of these countries that are victims of this type of central planning and money, you know, that's what that's the fundamental thing that Bitcoin fixes, and that's the fundamental thing that gold could fix if Bitcoin didn't exist, and gold could fix if they didn't control all the gold, which they're not going to get give up. So. There's going to be a moment in time when gold is going to rise in price, when everybody's confidence that these people have any clue as to what to do and how to steward the world fails. Then, you know, and a lot of funds are going to buy gold. They're going to buy, they're going to buy coverage in gold. And it's going to be institutional investors that drive the price of gold higher. It's not going to be people like you and me. We don't matter. At the end of the day, they we're price takers on that. And if they and if the price is too low, then there's just shortages that arrive. And we, you know, we buy gold today and lock in the price and we don't get delivery for six, eight, nine, 10, 12, 14 weeks. I've seen this for 20 years. It's nothing new. The free gold guys who argue that one day the futures markets are all going to collapse and price discovery is going to go to zero for paper gold, they're nuts. That's only going to happen when they want it to happen. And they no longer need the cover of paper gold to manipulate the price anymore. And they want the price to rise. Then they'll do that. Then they'll like all lift their bids and let the they'll lift their bids. Or and that's it. Done. And the whole thing will just explode to the upside. So the Fed has the tool of being able to raise interest rates and, and spark dollar demand as its weapon. And the ECB wants to use regulation in order to 
alter the flow of capital through the gold market to allow the pr- price of gold to rise. And they're going to, and I don't, and don't get me wrong, I think they're they're not even upset about the idea that this is going to cause rising interest rates in Germany, Italy, and force the moment to its crisis point. They want that crisis, but they want it on their terms, not on the Fed's terms. So they're going to want it in a certain time frame. The Fed just told them it's happening now, not four months from now. I was expecting the Fed to make this move at Jackson Hole later in the summer. The fact that they did it here now tells me everything has changed. And it tells me also that the Biden administration's priorities may have also changed. And we'll get to that in a minute. So. Yeah, I, and you know, you mentioned uh, following certain experts. I, I follow a plethora of experts, and I've been listening to like Richard Werner, uh, Tuomas mm-hmm. Malinen, who's been on the on the program, and and many others. And you know, there's this struggle, as you say, between the Fed, the ECB, commercial banks. Now, this new fintech, uh, so-called private cryptos like Bitcoin, and then you know, the, the sovereign, the national central bank digital currencies, which, you know, I think upwards of 80 to 90 percent of, of the nation states of the world are now preparing, are studying and preparing to bring in CBDC, CBDCs. And so what, what do you think is going to, to happen at, at the end of the day? I mean, are, are commercial banks go, going to completely fail, like some people, uh, as Richard Werner say, well, that, that, that's the plan of the ECB to destroy all commercial banks and just have, you know, an, an app with your uh, ECB coin or Fed coin directly with the central bank? And, you know, have this cashless society, like, um, what do you think is going to succeed after all of everything is said and done? I think that that's their plan. I think the Fed has made it abundantly clear under Jay Powell that that is, they're not okay with that. Because when we go to the digital dollar, it will be the last thing that ever happens. We'll be the last country to do so. Europe needs it because the ECB is broke and they destroyed their bond market, I think, willfully. Richard Werner is absolutely right that that's what their goal is. Their goal is to get rid of the central, uh, to get rid of the commercial banks, as I said previously, um, roll the power up into the central banks. But here's the problem with all that. Um, now, the, now the question is, you know, can they pull that off? Well, they can pull it off in Europe, where they have almost complete control over over everything. They're not pulling it off in, in in China. They're talking about the digital yuan. By the way, they've already done the pilot studies. The take up on the digital yuan isn't very isn't very good. People don't like it. Why? They don't want to be surveilled any more than they already are. The Russians are just are talking about a digital ruble, but only from a perspective of, you know, only as a perspective to um, to interface with all the other systems that are out there, and probably to make their own version of the Swift their Swift system, you know, a lower barrier to entry. So in case the United States cuts them out of Swift, not saying like I said earlier that I think the war between the Russians and the United States was over. Well, it's reached its peak. It's not over. The Russians are going to get kicked out of Swift. I'm almost, I'm almost positive that that. I'm still 80 percent positive that's going to happen. Um, but I'm down from 90 percent. So that's there we are. Um, and for everybody listening, I when I talk about these things, I always talk about things in terms of probability. You know, because there's always so many different ways that these things can go. So I try to give you the dominant thesis at the moment, but it's not necessarily set in stone. Um, so. Do I think they're going to be able to pull all this off? I think they're going to pull it off in bits. Bit. What's going to happen is they're going to pull it off in bits and pieces. They're going to pull off some a patchwork of vaccine passports and, and social credit scores and central bank digital currencies. And um, I'll give you a perfect example of how they're trying to set this up. It's a classic EC, classic European move. They're going to dispense all these these billions of euros that they um, for the COVID relief package that they signed last year as the camel under the uh, the camel nose under the under the, the tent to get 
fiscal integration by then giving the European Commission the ability to tax and, and issue debt, right? Well, that debt is going to be sold by you know a whole bunch of book running banks. Well, guess who's been guess who's been kicked out of that 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 club? All of the U.S. banks, except for Morgan Stanley and possibly Goldman Sachs. They, I don't know if Goldman was on the list or not. I know that Morgan Stanley was on the list, right? So, but J.P. Morgan, Bofa, uh, Bank of America, Citibank, Wells, none of them. BNP Paribas, HSBC, Santander, Credit Sao Paulo, Morgan Stanley, they were on the list. So they've been blessed as double plus good. The other ones are getting cut out. You can already see where it is. Oh, well, Morgan Stanley is the, the one is going to be the token American bank that's going to be allowed to survive because they're still down with the Great Reset, whereas all the others have now been made into a pariah. I got news for you. Jamie Dimon sits on the board of the Federal Reserve. And do you really think he's going to allow Jerome Powell to kill J.P. Morgan? Like, on what planet do you people live on? Like, and to think that Klaus Schwab has more power than Jamie Dimon is, 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 is silly. He has a lot of power. He doesn't, I don't know that he has more power than Jamie Dimon. I don't know that, that Schwab's power maintains itself without Jamie Dimon and Lloyd Blankfein and um, the head of uh, BlackRock, Larry Fink. Right? I think it's Larry Fink who's the head of BlackRock. You don't have you know, those guys. You don't have anything if you don't have those guys. So, um, you know, those guys start pulling out and we start a, we start a, a war. Oh, there's going to be, and I'm telling you right now, I am for, this is what no one wants to believe. The Fed will burn the economy to the ground to save itself and to save the central banks. If it means, if it means burning the economy down or transferring power to a bunch of German eugenicists and commies, they'll burn the economy down first. I mean, that's their choice. And, and speaking because of they're, uh-huh. sorry, go ahead. Uh, just speaking sorry, of, of burning things down, uh, you know that was kind of like uh, getting to that point. You, you you've been talking about this lately uh, as well, and you know ma- many of us uh, have been aware of this plan of the Davos crowd to, to balkanize, subdue, disintegrate, weaken uh, the United States. It's it's their classic strategy. They've done it, you know, with Yugoslavia, Iraq, uh, and so on. And you know there are these various scenarios to forecast the disintegration of the U.S. Many talk about this all-out Hollywood-esque uh, civil war, though I sometimes wonder if that's too far out. Uh, a scenario other forecasters are more reserved and describe like a, a slower, perhaps Soviet-style economic collapse, kind of what you you were just mentioning that drastically brings down American Mm -hmm. living standards and by extension, military might and international clout. Uh, So, you know, could could you talk about, you know, why, why the need to take down uh, uh, America and and how their plans uh, are going and, you know, your forecast on what America might look like uh, in a few years? Is it just going to be a patchwork of like a a few of these free states like, you know, Florida and and the American Redoubt or or what's going on? Oh no, Ravoy, that's a it's an immense question. And it's something I've been talking about for 15 years. Um, it's just I talked, I just yelled at my wife about it, who like tuned me out for the first <laughs> first 10 of it until I started making money doing this. And she's like, oh my God, you're right about everything. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm sorry. Um the the US is we are politically post-empire. The children who which meaning the old boomers or spiritual boomers who run our country are actual children. They're acting like children, the Pelosi's and the Patrick Leahy's and all the rest. Of them, right. They're now just taking the toys and going home. 
right? So we have them running around more worried about doing struggle sessions on the floor of Congress, singing, you know, that, um, uh, um, you know, black, um, it's the word I'm looking for, emancipation songs and wearing masks than they are about actually saving the country. Because for now, the Treasury Department can still sell billions of dollars in bonds at every Treasury auction. And I don't think that's going to stop anytime soon. The, the, but they're, they're, they're so out of touch and they're so tone deaf that there's um, eventually there's going to come a moment where everybody's like, okay, you guys are just completely out to lunch. What will happen in 2022 is the Republicans will turn to pa- return to power led by Donald Trump with a vengeance. I find it interesting that back in March, I floated on a live stream my uh, my my thought that if Trump really wanted to do as much political damage as possible to the existing infrastructure, to the vandals that work for Davos that are currently in charge in Congress, he would run for the House and then, you know, take over Speaker of the House and lead a rebellion within Congress from the ground up by, you know, having the coattails to hand him a 50 or 70 seat majority in the House of Representatives after all the vandalism that Biden and company do, right? I think that the path they're on right now is setting themselves, you know, up until like Wednesday, I thought that that path was pretty laid out in stone. Um, and Trump, you know, runs in some weak district, weak Democrat district in Florida. All he's going to do is get residents there. It's also fluid, I think, at this moment in time because of the redistricting. It wouldn't be hard for him to do it. He could win and, you know, walk in, you know, just walk in and then eventually just say, look, I'm speaking, you know, become Speaker of the House. That's what he should do. And then he could impeach Biden and Harris for, you know, election fraud and all the rest of it. And, you know, and, 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 and every, and then we would have, what would we have at that point? We'd have complete chaos, complete institutional breakdown, complete dissolution of the entire body politic in the United States. California doesn't want to be in the same union as Florida. Connecticut doesn't want to be in the same union as Texas. We're right back to where we were in 1840s over slavery, but now it's over. I don't know, identity politics. Really, it comes down to critical race theory and communism. And the truth of the matter is, is that the rich getting richer states, Arizona, Texas, Florida, Alabama, Mississippi, these states are getting richer by the moment. Georgia, which, by the way, is not blue. Okay. Georgia's 57, 43. That's how bad the cheating was. 57, 43 red. They're going to, by the time we're done, like Atlanta will flip. Well, by the time they're done in Atlanta, they will flip that, that the Fulton County red again. That's how bad everything is. I have people on the ground in, in Atlanta. They're like, it's, 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 it's insane. These states are getting richer. Tennessee is getting richer. Everybody's moving out of California. All the Republicans are moving out of California. They're all moving to Tennessee. I've, no less than 20 people I've talked to moving out of New York, New Jersey, Illinois, California. They're all moving to Tennessee. And forget it. I've had multiple cold call offers on my house in North Florida, right? We're getting richer and we control 90% of the, of the military assets. All the states from Florida up to Idaho and everything in between, that whole Trump swath to the center of the country, it's where all the military assets are. So you'll have a, govern, you'll have a government recognized internationally in Washington with no, with no military assets, whereas where Texas will declare, or, far, or Tallahassee will declare itself the, the capital of the new United States, of the real United States, 
and they'll control the military assets. Spooks start civil wars and militaries end them. And we found this out in Ukraine, which is going to bring me to the Biden-Putin summit, the last thing to, to, to tie a, a bow around all of this, because this is what's important. In March and April, it looked like we were going to have a, an open civil, con- a civil war conflict in Ukraine over retaking the Donbass and Crimea, right? The Russians responded by putting a quarter of a million troops on their border and furious back-channel communications with, Rus- with, with American military assets. The Russians moved and announced last week, five days before the, 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 the summit, that they were moving Mach 10 Kinzhal missiles to the western border of Russia, i.e. Ukraine and Belarus, along with where they're already stationed on the southern border of Russia, which is part of the reason why the Biden administration now wants to get out of Afghanistan, Syria, blah, 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 blah. Because they, we have no way to deal with these. These are carrier killers. These are naval projection killers. These are logistical. The, the, the great thing about the American military is it's an, an immense logistical miracle. Right, moving the the war material around the world. Like, take nothing away from the Department of Defense on this. It's impressive. It's almost as impressive as Apple. Right, their supply chain management, their logistical management. But that can all be disrupted in a heartbeat. The Russians have the kill shot as of right now. So once the war in the Donbass, which looked like it was going to happen, come hell or high water, and I have it on good authority from Russian media sources and from and from uh, sources on the ground in the Donbass that the military commanders on the ground, so the the equivalent of the lieutenant colonels and full bird colonels, pulled their troops in Ukraine, in the UAF, the Ukrainian Armed Forces, as to whether or not they were actually going to fight and and cross the the contact line and go invade the Donbass. And seventy percent of them said no. So. The spooks started the civil war, the Victoria Newlands and all the rest of them, the MI6 and all the rest of the stuff. And the military ended it because they threw a war and the Ukrainian army refused to show up. And then once that occurred, everything changed. All of a sudden, Biden wanted a summit with Putin. All of a sudden, you know, the Russians' response to this was overwhelming because the, the Russians have already all but declared citizens of the Donbass being citizens of Russia. They have Russian passports. They have Russian um, driver's licenses now because Kiev won't allow them to travel to Kiev to you know up their their papers. So the Russians technically they just had to do something for these people, and so because no one else would recognize them otherwise. So the Russians have done it, and a lot of them work in Russia and everything else. So they have family in Russia and all the rest of it. So the Donbass is you know Putin is happy to keep the Donbass independent nominally, but the reality is is that once they failed in Ukraine to start a kinetic war there. And once the reality finally filtered up to the State Department level of what Russia is capable of doing to NATO in Europe, because the Russians will not just, if the war starts, all NATO assets across Europe are vulnerable. And what's the whole point of the Great Reset? The whole point of the Great Reset is to take the United States and throw it at China. And have the two of them implode each other so that Europe can exit as the only country not scathed. Just like we we came out of the World War II unscathed. 
And so, of course, we were going to be the dominant economy. We were the only ones who wasn't bond back to the Stone Age. And that's why we instituted the Marshall Plan and rebuilt the world. Well, what do you think Klaus Schwab and company are wanting to do? They think the same thing. We're going to have armor. We're going to invoke Armageddon, destroy the global economy. Europe will be isolated. All the capital will flow there because everybody else is at war. And then they can institute global communism. Well, huzzah! I mean, it's not that hard a narrative. And it just fell apart because a bunch of 20-somethings in Ukraine said, I'm not willing to kill my brothers for a bunch of German eugenicists. And now they have to scramble. And now the whole thing is starting to break apart. And that's why Powell came out on Wednesday, along with Biden, and changed everything. Biden went to Putin and sued for peace. Trump is too stupid to see it. And he's going to come back into power in a year and a half. Scares me, actually. I, I, I want to go back just kind of to, to what you were talking about. Uh, you know, the the Republicans coming back with a with a vengeance. And you know, I, I had been thinking that you know the the Davos Democratic Bolshevik regime was just going to you know in, install itself, and then you know basically we're screwed. But you know, to get your quick thoughts on. What's been in the news recently uh, uh, regarding the January 6th Capitol uh, insurrection, which, you know, a lot of people from the beginning were saying it seemed like a false flag. There really was no insurrection and new information is coming to light now that, you know, FBI was involved. And it's a classic strategy. I've interviewed Trevor Aronson, who wrote the book on how basically after 9-11, every single domestic terror event was the FBI doing it either as informants or undercover uh, agents. And so the goal here was to create this new 9-11 as a pretext for domestic war on terror. And I was reading recently that Biden was recently calling about, upon Americans to report radicalized friends, families, neighbors, uh, mm-hmm. stra- strangers to homeland security. And so um, w- what does this mean? Is, is this um, what does this mean for you? Like the, this whole um, uh, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a good question. And, you know, I'll be honest with you, um, given what I do for a living, uh, and I know that you've been pulled off of Patreon, but I haven't somehow. I don't know. And I'm, you know, and I have people yell at me every day, Tom, I can't support you. You're on Patreon. They're one of the bad guys. I'm like, well, you know, I'm 12 bucks a month and, you know, Patreon takes 5%. So if you can't pony up 60 cents to the friggin' empire, like uh, to Patreon, as opposed to you, you pay up how much to the federal government every year, get over yourself. Like, do the cost benefit analysis. Keep me on the air, support my work, pay the 60 cents. It's a toll. It's nothing. I don't care. Whatever. You, you do whatever you ever have to. I, I find that I, I find that level of of um of of uh of ideological bent just it's insane because it's not practical. Cutting off your nose to spite your face, which is exactly what the Biden administration and the company are doing. They're now trying to turn the United States into East Germany. Um we're doing it at the K through 12 level. I just saw something this morning on Zero Hedge saying exactly that, that now they, they're doing bias, now they're doing bias reporting of every incident. And it's happened, it's filtered down from the universities down into the schools. So take your kids out of public school if you're listening. I never, my, my child has never set foot in a public school. Um, and um, and understand that they're now turning everybody into snitches. Um, and they're holding people. You know, like we've been holding them illegally in Guantanamo for years. They're holding them in D.C. And, and Putin turned out all around them. Like, 
it was very good for Putin to come in and do the classic Russian whataboutism. That's all the that's all the CIA media, MI6 media could do here. It was like, oh, it's all whataboutism. Yeah, that doesn't make it that doesn't make it invalid. You know, you, you know, sorry, it's it, you can't. It's not it's not a straw man. It's it's actually not a straw man. It's actually the exact opposite of the straw man. What Putin did, and um, I think he came off very well. And I think it was the smart thing for him to do. And I think it was the smart thing for Biden to do, because I think he got the call um, that uh, Europe didn't want to be nuked again, or at least, you know, kinzaled into the ground. And now Schwab doesn't know what to do. Because Ukraine said no, Syria is stabilized. Schwab got rid of Netanyahu in order to get a new JCPOA because they want cheap energy coming out of Iran into Europe and they want to make energy expensive for the United States. And that's what all Biden's energy policy has been about. It's not about green energy. It's about cheap energy for Europe. They had to, they had to uh, sign, finally sign off on Nord Stream 2, even though they had activated so many people in the European Parliament to be against it, right? Like, because they finally realized they can't run an economy uh, in, by putting solar panels on the top of houses in Germany. There's not enough sun. There's barely enough sun in Florida for this. I'm sorry. I've done solar here in Florida. It's really hard to do and do well, not at current conversion levels when we, and storage levels. When we get to you know, another, another Pareto order of, you know, order of Pareto improvement in both battery technology and solar panels, well, maybe. The truth of the matter is, is there's plenty of oil out there, and the Russians control the marginal price of the marginal barrel of it. There's unbelievable amounts of gas. Shut up and deal with it, because the Europeans are now burning more coal than they ever have, because they don't have any energy, because they're shutting down the nuclear power plants, and they're dumb. So the whole thing is now just a mess. But it for a while, they did an unbelievable amount of damage, and they've radicalized everybody. So the United States is going to break apart. Um, long story short, and the and the politically powerful states are have shifted to the south. They've shifted to Florida and Texas and Georgia. And believe me, Stacey Abrams is going to get lynched before. And I hate to use that term for in terms of a black woman, but politically, she's going to get lynched well before she ever wins the Nobel Peace Prize. I mean, that's just reality. Like, that's just going to happen in Georgia. When the, the opposition to what's happening, we're seeing states, you know, we, we, we've seen the states try to petition the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court has over and over and over again said, you don't have standing, which is a, which is a nice way of saying, uh, we don't want to take the case because we don't have to, which is nonsense, by the way. The Supreme Court is the only court in the land that can see a case between two states. So who else are the states supposed to go to if they can't go to the Supreme Court? So we don't have a functioning court system. Now the states are just going to start arbitrarily and unilaterally taking power back and invoking the Tenth Amendment, which has been a dead letter for you know since Lee surrendered at Appomattox, um, in ways that we've never seen before. And this is what Greg Abbott is doing. This is what Ron DeSantis is doing, and they're pre- prepping, and they're prepping their economies for a digital future without the central banks. They're both fully on board with Bitcoin. I was at Bitcoin 2021 and the mayor of Miami, Suarez, far hipper about Bitcoin than I ever gave him credit for until I saw him speak. And once I heard him speak and I realized what was what was behind him, I realized just how far that trickles up to DeSantis and to the Florida legislature. Because if Miami does make itself like the center of crypto, 
in, you know, basically the United States and possibly the entire Western Hemisphere, then it propagates out to Texas and all the other states and then forget it. The whole thing starts to collapse. The Federal Reserve becomes less important, you know, and the whole the whole financial architecture of the world changes. And so there's another big fight that's happening as well uh, with crypto. And you don't have to love Bitcoin. You don't have to like, you can like Monero better or whatever. This Bitcoin is a metaphor. For right now, Bitcoin is the thing. That's where the that's where the mind share is. That's where the first mover advantage is. That's where the network effect is. We can argue as to what coin is going, what you know, what coin is going to win ten years from now. I could care less. I'm worried about the next eighteen months. Yeah, j- just a just a final question then. Uh, sure. For you, the, I, I was going to ask about Bitcoin. You, you just kind of covered it. Uh, I saw you retweet Texas Governor Greg Abbott's um, mm-hmm. tweet about Bitcoin kiosks coming to grocery Texas. stores, and so I, I'm just kind of curious though. From what I understand, reading uh, the IRS, that they've said that every Bitcoin transaction and purchase has to be reported to the IRS and taxed. Uh, won't it be insanely cumbersome to buy and sell with Bitcoin? Or, or is, is, is am I wrong? Wait, like, how's that? No, you're not wrong, and it's part of the reason why Bitcoin hodls as opposed to tra- as opposed to tra- uh, transacts, which also makes Peter Schiff look like an idiot for not understanding basic economics. And I'll I'll throw that guy under the bus every day of the week and twice on Sunday, and this is a Saturday, so I'll hop up three times on Saturday because. Because, you know, every good thing that comes out of his mouth when it comes to gold, he refuses to apply to Bitcoin. Yes. Part of the reason why Bitcoin does not circulate the way it should or could, and Nassim Nicholas Nicholas Tlaib makes the same mistake. Like it doesn't move. Well, it doesn't move because it's 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 disadvantaged to move. Its price is, is, is property. Do you do you pay for candy bars with your Apple stock? No. So don't be an idiot. It's just treated like Apple stock. So you're not going to invoke a a capital gains sale and all the and all the the, the nonsense. What's going to happen to all those IRS rules is they're all going to collapse. And with El Salvador making it legal tender, there's a very good argument now. Someone can bring a case against the IRS's rules and the CFTC's rules classifying Bitcoin as property because it's actually a foreign currency. And that's the big significance of El Salvador's statement. And if Nicaragua and Paraguay. and Paraguay and others start to follow suit, Mexico start to follow suit, all of a sudden, you can't enforce those rules. And if the Republicans return to power and Florida and Texas are in, you know, I mean, the whole culture of the IRS completely changes overnight. And all of this worry about governments coming in and banning your crypto, it's, it's gonna, they're going to be over. What they're going to try and do is they're going to try and exempt certain ones and allow you to use those as per normal. And of course, the big one is going to be Ripple. This is the one that will allow you to use for real because that's owned by JP Morgan and Goldman Sachs and all the rest of this, you know, FedCoin. Uh, it's the closest thing to a FedCoin that exists. But I don't think that's going to work. I think at the end of the day, the the there's going to be a whole lot of people out there, you know, um, begging for forgiveness rather than permission when it comes to moving Bitcoin. The, it's going to be a savings asset for a long time is the big deal. I mean, Greg Abbott just making the statement that Bitcoin is accepted and, and welcomed in the state of Texas is the big deal. When they start talking about putting it on as and taking it for legal tender purposes and putting it on their asset sheet and their balance sheet, dude, that changes everything. And I expect that to happen because I've been saying for a long time about my, uh, uh, one of my long time um, uh, listeners have talked to me. We used to chat about this all the time about Flexit, about Florida exiting the United States. And we can do so because Florida is so well managed fiscally that, hey, 
you know, all we all have to do is pony up 1800 bucks a piece and we can wipe out all four of his debt. Like 1800 bucks is nothing in a state as rich as four. Right. I mean, even I can come up with that money. So, you know, to be free to federal reserve, to issue our own currency, to, to be debt free and, and go from there. So what we don't have is, you know, reserves, right? So now what do you do? So if you can build up Bitcoin reserves and Florida is a, is, you know, the home of the sketchy crypto guy, like there's a lot of crypto here in Florida. There's a lot of Bitcoin, quote unquote, domiciled in Florida, sitting on hardware wallets across Florida. They just is and paper wallets. So, you know, do you talk to me about where this thing goes? I tell you, you know, Klaus Schwab better be more worried about the guillotine than uh, anything else. So. I, I, I hope so. And th th that's a good place to, to leave it. We've covered uh, the waterfront and I, I, I'm going to hope to have you on uh, more often. Uh, people can find you on Twitter and tomluongo.me or goldgoatsnguns.com. You've got your monthly subscription uh, newsletter people can sign up for and, and Patreon. Is there any other website or project uh, we should know about? Um, no, not, I mean, other than the fact I'd also do write for Newsmax. Um, I, don't think, I, don't, I don't make a big deal of it uh, on a regular basis, but I also write Ultimate Wealth Report for Newsmax, and, uh, um, which also helps you know, pay the bills. And, uh, and they're good people and they've, uh, and they've taken good care of me over the years. And I think that, uh, um, between the Newsmax thing, my Patreon, obviously, um, you know, and you can follow me on Twitter, TFL1728. It's my, you know, my, my ode to George Lucas, go look it up and, uh, you know, and we go from there. Like that's, that's it. So. You All right. Me, you can follow me on my YouTube channel as well, but I only do that like once a week for a live stream on Tuesday nights. But mostly, it's just me screaming into a microphone and swearing. So you know, they, I don't. I don't think they're particularly high value anymore. But I do. If, I do it to make people happy. So. All right. It's it's always great to talk to the man behind gold goats and guns. And again, thank, thanks for enlightening my geopolitics and empire listeners once again. I appreciate it, Roy. As always, it's good to see you, and I'm glad that uh, you've landed in a. And, and we were talking beforehand. Glad that you've landed in, a, in what I think is a better place. And I hope for you as well. So be well. I hope you enjoyed this Geopolitics and Empire podcast interview. The website is geopoliticsandempire.com. And I encourage you to sign up for the free email list through which you can receive an update of every new podcast, as well as a long list of key news headlines once a week. We're being heavily censored. YouTube has deleted some of our videos and we currently have one strike. Patreon has terminated our account. Facebook has restricted our page and Reddit has been the leading posts. Our favorite social media channels are Telegram and Twitter. The best places to watch the podcast beyond YouTube are on Odyssey, BitChute and Brighteon. The best places to listen to the podcast are on SoundCloud, Apple, Spotify, Google, or on any other podcast app. To help keep this podcast alive, leave a review on Apple Podcasts and wherever else. Subscribe to all our platforms and leave a donation if possible via Subscribestar, PayPal, Bitcoin, or Ethereum. You can also find us on MeWe, Minds, Gab, Float, VK, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Thanks for listening.